0: Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes.
1: Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast. This is Case 16, Holland. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, And one of those plastic pendulum birds, forced to lean forward, dip its beak in water, then rear back in terror, cursed to repeat the process forever and ever. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian, as Ben McKnight.
2: Oh, after all that, I might just have to take a chill pill. Lupine, as
1: Rosa Garcia.
3: I just hope it no goats deflate this time
1: and introducing matt as diego kennedy
0: new character who this?
1: all right guys well welcome uh, how you been it's been a little while since we've got to do this it's
0: been a while it's been a hot and spicy margarita minute oh, why are we talking
2: about hot and spicy margaritas i want one spicy mark Spicy mart?
1: Does your lower colon want one?
2: Yeah, who, they'll pay for that later.
3: Does all of your elementary tract want one?
2: I don't teach elementary anymore.
3: He's not allowed anywhere near elementary schools anymore. Hey,
0: sir, I have a high school tract, okay?
2: I am really fast on the tract.
1: I'm good on the track team.
2: 250, 251, whatever.
1: All right, guys. Well, this week I saw yet another post on YouTube purporting to be actual footage of Nessie at Loch Ness. And that got me thinking about unnatural encounters. Have you ever had a brush with something that caused the hairs on the back of your neck to stand straight up and made you want to kill it with fire? I was uh,
2: 14 years old. I had gotten in a car accident with my dad. We were very close to home. So he stayed at the car accident and I went home. I walked home and it was at dusk. But by the time I got home, it was very dark, and we lived out in the country. I had never stayed in this place by myself, and I thought it would be very quick. You know, he'd get a tow truck, and then they'd drop him off at home, and it'd be all fine. After about two and a half hours of terror because of the noises that I heard in this house, and I swear I heard walking up and down the hallways, I heard someone opening a cupboard in the bathroom down that dark hallway, I called my grandmother and had her come pick me up. I could not stand another second in that
3: house. So I was pet sitting for my mom. She has a dog. I was up late. So I was sitting on the couch in the living room and the dog was like laying on the couch with me. All of a sudden she gets up and she goes to the front door, which is closed, and she starts barking at something. And I was like, fuck that shit. I trust the dog to know things when I don't.
1: You know, as a preteen and child of divorce, I often visited my mother in Florida over the summers. Now. One particular August, very hot, she and I returned from a day at the beach to the apartment that she shared with her boyfriend. And as the door closed behind us, a monstrous, furry spider about the size of a chihuahua scuttled out of its hiding place and we immediately launched ourselves onto chairs the bed any place that would be higher than the critter screaming our brains out the drama concluded with a heavy cowboy boot heel swung overhead snuffing out the arachnid horror but the memory lives on <laughs>
0: When I was a kid, uh, the general rule during summer was you were home, you know, as the streetlights went on or right before or right after my parents were just really did not care because that was just how it was back then the house that i when i was really young i've moved a few times but the first house that i grew up in was backed up to a decent patch of woods and of course that meant that anytime we had free time we were you know running around in the woods we were, you know picking up all sorts of things that we shouldn't because we were kids there was one night though where we were out playing hide and seek in the woods and it was getting a little dark and it was at the point where just after the sun had gone down so you still had like a little bit of that glow from the sunlight but not really enough to be able to make stuff out especially when you're in dense vegetation and we're all you know rounding up after we had finished our last game someone says hey wait what was that and we all look over and i'm pretty sure if i could look these people up they would still verify this story for me but we all looked over and we saw what looked like two pairs of eyes sitting very close together, one above the other underneath a mid-sized bush. And so we all stood there for a minute, just kind of that lock of we're staring at them and they're staring at us. And then we all screamed really loudly and sprinted out of the woods. Needless to say, it was a couple of days before we went back out there again, but we eventually went back.
1: All right, well uh, listeners, if you would like to share one of your weirdo stories like this and have met a cryptid or two out there in the woods, please drop us a letter from beyond and visit lovecrafttapes.com anytime and fill out our contact form. That's why it's there. We accept well-considered criticism, fawning praise, and even paper plates composed with macaroni artwork depicting the Last Supper, as long as the Last Supper consists of Kraft Mac and Cheese. It was Jesus's favorite. I heard that too. It's in the bush looking at Matt. It's in the Bible, for shit's sake. Oh, I thought it was in the bush. All right, uh, let's take a peek and see if we got any letters from beyond today. And gosh, guys, uh, we do have... Quite a bit, actually. Whoa. This is from Jira. I'm up to tape nine of the current case, 15. That was the last one. And have to say, I'm really struggling to stay engaged with this story. I had expected a bit of lag with the change of cast, but it's not that. Lupine's doing a fine job. I think it's more the pacing of the story and the characters. I've been a TT RPG gamer since the 70s and generally find adults playing kids almost always goes down the same path. Way too much detail on relatively trivial things and the lack of agency for kids pushes them back to relying on adult NPCs for action and decisions. The previous roster of characters, again, not the cast, were able to do what they wanted when they wanted, while the current trio are being pulled or limited by parents and the other adults around them. All very realistic, of course, and no doubt accurate, but makes for some portions of the podcast that I could easily just skip through as they have no impact at all on the story. Maybe this one is a slow burner that's going to have a mammoth payoff in the finale, but at the moment, I'm getting more of a day in the life kind of vibe, and I am an investigation into the unknown and weird.
2: Uh, It kind of was a slow burn. Building new characters and starting fresh, but it does have a nice payoff.
3: Feeling out the characters took a little longer.
1: We were doing a lot of world building, if you want to use that term. I totally get it if that's not your thing, and it is always a rough hurdle to sort of get back into a new location with new characters, and you have to kind of, you know, feel your way into it. And
3: for kids, kids spend a lot of time
2: listening to their parents. He just might not
1: dig a kid vibe story, and that's cool. Case 15 is a sort of launching pad to make these guys into more investigators.
3: Yeah, except Kyle. Too soon.
1: Next up, uh, Liliana Bray, regarding Case 15, loving this scenario. In fact, it gave me the missing pieces of inspiration for a scenario of my own. I've been thinking up. Great work as always, guys. Nice. Cool. Then our old friend, Brownie Davis. Popped in to say, nothing I say is going to be a surprise. I hang around the Discord a lot, and I appreciate the kind of community that show listenership has fostered. It has been a great help with everything that is going on in the world. The Hangouts are a great dose of positive human interaction, and the gaming is fun. To the show itself, humor, horror, suspense, bespoke music, and great production values. I recommend the show to everyone looking for a new podcast with which to fill their ear holes. Roll for...
0: Thanks, peeps. Oh, that's nice. That's what we're here for. Ear hole filling. Bring
1: out the wax. We did also receive a missive from one lonely Fox News fanatic. Uh-oh. Foaming at the mouth with conspiracy theories, and I thought briefly about reading their letter, but quite honestly, I'd rather their insanity dwindle in the darkness. Void of light. And reason, because if you're going to be a big old dummy, at least be original in your conspiracy theories. We try to entertain, and we expect the same from you.
0: We'll wheel that one out on Lovecraft Tapes After Dark.
1: We also got a letter from Gray, who says, Things Beyond the Veil. That's it. That was the letter. I don't know what it means.
0: At this point, I'm too afraid to ask. I
2: pretended like I knew what he was talking about. That is true. There are things. Beyond the Veil.
1: Uh, We got a letter from Mikey, longtime listener, first-time writer. I appreciate how you guys address even negative reviews in a respectful manner, but with a funny twist. I loved the serious podcast running joke. I finally got caught up with your show and joined your Patreon as a thank you for your material.
0: Yay. Thank you. Hey, Mikey, he likes it.
1: And then finally, we got a letter from M.M.O., I was introduced to your podcast while traveling for work and a co-worker was listening to you guys. Now I'm a binge listener. Gabe's sarcasm and use of dry attitude makes me laugh way too hard. Love the banter and I really love taco fish now. Mind that crunch and the scales. Well, thanks guys for all the letters. Appreciate that. And I just wanted to remind you that this show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. So thanks, guys, to Jordy Rose, Barry Robeson, Atulia, Brownie Davis, James Mayo, Elizabeth Greeve, Chris Parker, John Scarsella, The Frill Shark, Kyle Sherman, Huge Pie, Little Rowan Plays, Amanda Power, I wonder who that could be, Jefferson Bell, Eric Zane, Olda Polkert, Mitch L., Andrew Petty. Eric Phillips, Malambra 57, Frank Delventhal, Dom Driver, Snow, Ripley Island, Discordiant, Robert Jameson, Horst Draper, Boston Harbor Horror, Prophet of Woe, Liz Moonberry, Stephen Gregory, David Winterman, Chainsaw Unicorn, Shelly DM, Shane Stoley, Flex Capacitator, Luke Corbin, Captain Vashton, Peter VDB, Cheers, Pete, James Brown, Ineptus Astartus, Matthew, Davidia Von Zarevich, Oddity, Kevin C, Oritako, Ruined Ashes, Brindle Stubbs, Phoenix Black, A.E. Jonesy, Marty Dixon, J. Clark, Ba Tran, Rolling Boxcars, J.R., Some Dude, Poppy, Mama, Reaper Jones, Jeffrey Young, Bifford, Holden Omans, Phil Campbell, Justin Loveck, Nicholas Hutto, John Kotopasek, Tomas, Kevin G, Mick Cope, Robert Lamb, Eric Hansen, Rich Pogue, Benjamin King, Jehovah's Thickness, Steve L., Seratin, Wizard of Isinglass, Lars Serge Mulvad, Matt's sister, literally. I Got Walls and a Roof, Mikey Sith, Smegmus Grendel Gunge, Jeff Howie, Anders Person, and Sarah Wiley. Woohoo! Thanks, guys. Appreciate all your money. Keep working <laughs> hard out there because, you know, we need support. And we need you to support us. All right, guys, uh, before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Monkeys, apes, they've got them, plus a whole lot more here at Monkeys, Apes & Beyond. Hey, Rob, any luck getting through to the authorities? No? Okay. Uh, just keep rolling. Yes, sirree, Bob, whether you're in the market for a howler, a spider, a rhesus, or even a mandrill, they've got them. Are you sure the door to the office is locked? Well, maybe pile up some of those bodies. That should act as a barricade. Looking for a gibbon, a gorilla, an orangutan, or a chimpanzee? Yep, they've got em. Oh, sweet Jesus. Did you hear that, Rob? What the fuck was that? And maybe you and your little ones have room in your lives for something a bit different. It's not a monkey. It's not an ape. It's something somewhere between. You might even say beyond. Do you smell that? Is that some kind of black liquid seeping from under the door? No, no, Rob. Don't touch it, for Christ's sakes. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! I told you not to touch it. Hurry on down to Monkeys, Apes, and Beyond this Sunday, where Rob and I will be broadcasting live via satellite from the store during their "Buy One Simeon, Get One Thing Free" event. Hello, nine one one. Please help. It's it's Rob. He's he, he's well. He's dead, but not dead. He's still moving. Send paramedics, and police with lots of guns. We're at 1313 Sycamore Street at the Monkeys, Apes, and Be- Rob? No. No, get away. Get away. And we're back. Why do you suppose that product and their service would make an ideal gift for a nine-year-old? Because you know- Nine-year-olds always think about themselves.
0: you got to focus on your critical thinking skills, you know?
3: They've got to learn the idea of object permanence. Nine-year-olds aren't really good at that.
1: If there's one thing we know about nine-year-olds, it's their discerning taste in products and their services such as this. In fact... I saw a nine-year-old walking down the street just the other day with that product and her service on a long chain, swinging it to and fro, smacking senior citizens upside the head, oops upside the head, without a care in the world. Ah, youth. You know, it is wasted on the young. Two youths.
0: You saw a nine-year-old? You know you're not supposed to be within 60 feet of an elementary school.
1: Packing up the van. It is time, my friends, to play. Case 16: Tape 2: Phaglan, Penanglin
3: Previously, on the Lovecraft tapes.
1: As William Shakespeare wrote: "When June comes dancing o'er the death of May, with scarlet roses tinting her green breasts." and mating thrushes ushering in her day, and earth on tiptoe for her golden guest. I always see the evening when we met, the first of June, baptized in tender rain, and walked home through the wide streets gleaming wet, arms locked, our warm flesh pulsing with love's pain. Alas! For our young investigators, June held little joy, but they've come to know pain intimately. Ben, Rosa, and Kyle discovered an unnatural force in the woods surrounding their hometown of Las Cruces, California, which threatened everyone's lives. Through their heroic efforts, The village was saved, though one of them paid the ultimate price with warm flesh. As the remaining survivors struggle to make sense of the monstrous invasion, a warm summer respite from the cold, creeping madness may very well be around the next turn of the calendar page. Ben and Rosa. When you're a teenager, time stretches, seemingly, forever into the distance. If you're having fun, it's a blessing. If you're stuck indoors under the scrutiny of your parents 24 7, it's a curse. Right now, you're cursed. June comes and goes in a flurry of Law enforcement inquiries, reporters haunting the edges of your family's property, and stony looks around the dinner table. No more trips to the clubhouse. No more walks in the woods. No more unsupervised trips to town. Thankfully, you're able to converse and commiserate during play dates on the weekends an embarrassingly juvenile situation that made you feel as young as Gertie. It was like being prisoners, at least for a while. Slowly, the attention diminished, and two weeks after Independence Day, you could feel your parents loosening their hold. With any luck, before high school started in September, you'd get some of your autonomy back. You couldn't blame anyone, really. Your folks were appropriately worried about your safety, and as they've told you over and over again, they only had your best interests at heart. Diego. Your last name is Kennedy. Because it's your dad's name. Well... His anglicized name, anyway. He changed it from Andy Garcia to Andrew Kennedy years ago when he joined the Air Force. Before you were born, and certainly before he met your mother, Mary Elizabeth McGuire, you grew up surrounded by Catholic crosses on the walls and framed pictures of Jesus. Family dinner is composed of stews and soda bread, boiled bacon, and cabbage. No Guinness, though. Neither of your parents drank. Instead, pouring their energies into careers in the United States military. Every few years, the Kennedys would pack up and move to another country, another state, another city. Currently, You're living at Travis Air Force Base in San Francisco, as your father, now a general, helps decommission outmoded C-5 aircraft. Your mother and father work conflicting hours, barely speaking to one another, but lately paying more attention to you. In fact, it was your father who sat at the end of your bed one night last week, and told you his real name, coldly, matter-of-factly, without further explanation. You've been working this new information over and over in your mind, trying to make sense of it, dislodge it like a abscess tooth with your tongue. You're still wrestling with a revelation during a later-than-usual dinner of shepherd's pie, when your father puts down his fork. Stares at you over his clasped hands And clears his throat Your mother, too Has stopped eating But keeps her gaze focused On the barely touched plate in front of her Diego How's your uh, summer going so far, son?
0: Hanging around the house You know, not really a whole lot to do around here At least not for me
1: Well, that's good You're not getting up to any trouble I hope
0: this is no trouble to get up to.
1: Good. Are you excited for high school in the fall? What are your plans?
0: Hopefully, uh, the guys that I uh, met up with last semester uh, still remember me. What were their names? I, me- I met a couple of guys uh, hanging outside. Uh, Travis. Oh, God. And what was the other one? They were interesting people.
1: Interesting people. Hmm. Travis, uh, did he have a last name or be you to know his parents?
0: only ever told me that his name was travis we would just you know hang out behind the school
1: you know hanging out is uh really the first step to getting up to no good hanging out it up it's a real short path between the two
0: i told you that i wouldn't have a repeat of ohio okay
1: i'm glad to hear that uh your mother and i are both very pleased that you've taken this very seriously because quite frankly we wouldn't know what to do if that happened um,
0: I told him to let go of the firecracker.
1: That's true. If as long as you issued the order and uh, the young man did not respond, that's on them, not you. Now, this Travis uh, person, uh, does he have all his fingers? For now. Oh, I see. Humor. Okay. Yes. uh, Trust me, son. uh, Humor will serve you in good stead. Keep that in mind as we go forward in life, okay?
0: Travis said uh, once school started up, he'd uh, you know, take me around, maybe introduce me to some of the people that I should know. You know how it is, is—clicks and ladders and groups. and."
1: Absolutely. You need to find your tribe. Is that what the kids say these days, tribe? Eh, something like that. Excellent, excellent. Uh, well, there's no easy way to say this, son. Your mother and I are splitting up. Things haven't been working out lately. And both of us, I think we agree, and your mom quickly nods. Uh the best thing would be to make a clean cut. Uh that's what we do in the military when things aren't working properly, we pivot, we shift gears and move on.
0: What? You know, we would just all there the fishing trip.
1: I understand this may come as a shock to you, but we're all in agreement that this is the best for everyone in the long run. Now it's going to take some time to figure out, you know, where you should fit into all of this. But
0: fit in? What am I, your your suitcase? I'm not one of your one of your military cadets, Dad. I
1: we want what's best for you.
0: Great, then stay together, because all this time,
1: unfortunately, your mother has. Other aspirations. Well, to be blunt, she has been called away next month to perform some operations in uh, the Sudan. And it was an opportunity for us to finalize what had already been happening for a few years now. And we wanted to be very upfront and clear with you as all.
0: Stand up and run up to my room and slam the door shut.
1: You throw yourself on the bed. These... Thoughts swirl. You go through the gamut of emotion, fear for the future, sadness that things have not worked out for your parents. You realize after even just a moment's contemplation that things haven't been right for a couple years. You've seen them drift apart. Maybe it wasn't until this very moment and this revelation that you realized that the evidence had been there. You just ignored it or didn't want to see it. Before you can consider that what had happened in Ohio was you acting out against this impending split, there's a soft knock at your door and your mother's voice calls in, Diego? Diego,
0: can I come in? You sure you want to do that? Not going to just pack off and head off to the to wherever
1: the door cracks open and she enters in softly and closes behind her pads over to your bed and sits next to you and lays a hand on your arm oh diego i'm, I'm so sorry your father's very forthright i'm i'm sorry that he couldn't be more empathetic
0: i said i was sorry for what happened i i, I it won't happen again i i'm i've been good i i'm i'm trying to make friends okay <sighs>
1: It's not you. We haven't fit together for so long. And this opportunity came up and I I took it. I volunteered for it. It just seemed like the right thing to do.
0: Now your job's more important than me? Is that what this is?
1: That's not what I'm saying, Diego, but it's not healthy for you to grow up in a household where two people no longer love each other. We love you, but we can't live together anymore. I'm sorry. She stands and exits your room. After a moment, the door opens again, and it's your father. And he, too, enters in and closes the door behind him, walks up, does not sit on the bed. Diego, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, your Your mother said you were upset. I fully understand and accept your pain. Please know that neither one of us wanted this, but I do have some good news. I know it's going to be hard to think about that at a time like this, but let me tell you about the Garcias. Ben, you wake up Sunday and like every morning since that fateful weekend in early June, the first thing you think about is Kyle, his protective presence, his penchant for slapping asses. But, above all, his agony-stricken face as he melted in front of your eyes. And those final words he spoke, begging you to find his mother. The pain is still fresh in that hollow spot next to your heart. But, it hurts just a little less than it had a month ago. Day by day, it gets harder to remember the exact shade of brown Kyle's eyes were. They were brown, right? Right. Yes, you're definitely sure they were brown. With a sigh, you get out of bed and put on yesterday's clothes before going down to the kitchen where your mom is preparing breakfast. Well, hello, sleepyhead. Glad to see you up and about. Morning, Mom. Oh, that's all you got. Come give me a kiss. Right there. Morning, Mom. Give her a big hug. I got breakfast almost ready for you. You got any plans for today? I might see if
2: Rosa wants to hang out,
1: but nothing major. I mean, you guys aren't really a couple couple, right? What's a couple-couple? Never mind. Here's some bacon. Uh, how, how do you like your eggs? Over easy, of course. Do we have toast? Of course. Uh, actually, rye toast. Perfect. Why don't you grab it? Because it just popped up. I didn't hear it.
3: <gasps>
1: <laughs> it's a weird toaster, right now. <laughs> I hate to bring this up, but I heard through the grapevine that uh, Emily Wyndham has uh, moved back to the East Coast somewhere. Well, I mean, you can't blame her, right? Yeah. I guess. I mean, her husband's gone, the whole thing, so he's been missing for a while. Oh, and uh, you're going to know anyways because you're going to see the sign, but (sighs) Kyle's dad put their house up for sale.
2: I should go over there and see if he needs any help with anything.
1: Yeah, actually, that's a really great idea. I mean, if you've got time and everything, it might might not be a bad idea. Yeah, I'm pretty busy today. I think I heard that he's getting a condo or something over in uh, Lompoc. You know, that's where the high school is. It makes sense for them to be closer to the school. So, anyways, that's uh, all water under the bridge. Anyway, are the eggs done yet? Absolutely. Now, I did let them crisp a little bit around the edges. I hope that's okay. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, here you go. Uh, next week, I got to go back to work on a regular basis. Yeah, so I know. So, I tried to be here for you. But you seem to be in better spirits lately. And I think I'll be okay.
2: Lyle's death was hard, but...
1: Yeah, that Lyle. <sighs> oh, man, I miss him so much. I do have... A little bit of concern. As you know, Mike Schwartz, the guy that owns the filling station, he's been uh, going around town trying to stir up trouble. Uh, I know he still blames you guys for everything. For some reason, he's got in his crazy head that you and Rosa were somehow responsible for the disappearance of all those people. What would we have done with them? You're preaching to the choir, son. I, I know you had nothing to do with any of that stuff. And it's just a miracle that you guys were able to come back down from the mountain thanks to Ranger Rick. Yeah, he really helped a lot. He's a good guy. He really is. And if he pops up in a future scenario as a bad guy, you should totally still trust him. Oh yeah, we will. Anyways, you know, that Mike Schwartz, I don't trust him. You know, he's uh kind of like your father, German. Did you just say he's my father? <laughs> <laughs> he's not your father. Gotta go, Mom. can't have your breakfast. Schwartz has just got this thing for you guys. I talked to the Garcias. Uh, We got to talking the other night, and um, we're just worried about you and Rosa, what that guy could do if we're not around, and I have to go back to work. What do you mean, what he could do? You're starting to scare me, Mom. Well, that's probably a good thing. It's time you learn that there are some people in the world who just can't be reasoned with. I'm not saying Trumpers, but I'm saying Trumpers. (laughs) Anyways, we just don't think that it's a great idea for you guys to be home alone all the time. and. The Garcias have to work. We don't know anybody who could watch you. Yeah, we know someone. Mike at the
2: filling station could watch us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Probably not a great idea. He's always there.
0: Just go stay with Herb Serbs. He's a good guy, right? After some talking
1: and, you know, a little wine, Rosa's mother and I, we came up with a little plan. We thought it might be helpful if you guys were out of town for a little while. Just the two of us? That seems weird. Just the two of us. Look, I'm not saying this is the best circumstance, but just take a look at this. And across the breakfast table, she slides a trifold pamphlet. Rosa, you can barely contain your excitement as you stand out on your front porch, watching the end of the driveway expectantly. Dawn has barely cracked the horizon, and you have to wipe sleepy seeds from your eyes a couple times before your vision clears. At your feet is a backpack and a small travel suitcase. In your hands is a well-worn pamphlet. You've read it several times already, ever since your parents gave it to you during breakfast yesterday. It's a typical trifold brochure you'd find at any travel rest stop or visitor center at the state line. At the top, in big letters, is written, Make Forever Friends in Mulholland. Below this are photos of kids your age doing all sorts of outdoor activities. Hiking, archery, swimming whittling, canoeing, and telling ghost stories around a bonfire while eating s'mores. Summer camp! Your folks were sending you to summer camp for three weeks. Ben was coming too, and already you were envisioning potato sack races and winning every competition with him as your partner, even if you had to drag him across the finish line. But there was an additional complication. When they told you about camp, your folks also divulged that one of your long-lost cousins would be joining you and also be staying at your home afterward for an indeterminate time. Evidently, his parents were splitting up, and until they settled things, they wanted their only son in a less hostile environment. At least, that's what you overheard your mother saying to another relative on the phone last night. The whole thing made you anxious but curious. What would your cousin be like? Would he be like you? Would he like Ben? As if magically conjured, Ben's mom's vehicle pulls into the driveway, followed closely behind by a yellow taxi. So, Ben, you arrive in your mom's vehicle and say a quick goodbye and then hop out. Diego, you arrive via taxi. Give a kiss to the taxi driver and hop out. (laughs) 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 I love you. We're
0: getting married in August. And that's your tip.
2: Hey, Ben. Hey.
3: How are you today?
2: Uh, good. I'm actually kind of excited about this. Looks pretty cool. I brought some magic tricks and my own potato
3: sack, so I think we'll be ready to go. I'm hoping we have a lot of fun. Me too. This is... Your name is Diego, right?
0: Yeah, Diego Kennedy. Apparently we're like cousins or something.
3: Yeah, long lost cousins or something. Well, not lost anymore,
2: am I right? (laughs) Right. Real clown, huh? My name is Ben. Nice to meet you.
3: Sure. I'm Rosa.
0: Yeah, my my dad told me about you and your family a bit.
3: So, have you heard about this camp that we're going to? Did you see this amazing trifold plan fillet? It's pretty awesome. Cheap
0: and quick plastic surgery. What are you trying to say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Low, though the other side. It's the other side. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. Liposuction. What?
0: <laughs> What's an enhancement surgery? <laughs>
3: silicone's no longer made for
2: just toys. What? What?
3: What's silicone? I mean, it looks pretty fun. I guess we'll be out in the woods.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolute blast. Where did you live before? Yeah, Here and there. A little bit of everywhere, really.
1: All right. So now would be a great time to introduce Diego and his stats. Diego, if you would mind just describing what your character looks like And tell us what you're good at and what you're not good at.
0: Diego is uh, 15 years old. He's about average height, is a uh, slightly stocky, leaning more towards athletic kind of build. Has a dirty... Blonde, like just off military kind of buzz cuts, a little bit longer than they keep it. He has, if you ever get a chance to see them, like really deep green eyes, but most of the time he wears a pair of aviator sunglasses that his mom gave him from back when she was uh, in the days when she was a pilot in the Air Force before she moved into tactical and operations. Being a a move around military brat, he and having a, a dad who's a little more on the strict side, he has been through a little bit of what his dad calls basic training so he does have a slight bump in like fighting brawl because of course his dad being the man he was took some time to teach him how to defend himself at least uh, especially after move after move being the new kid he got plenty used to being the the punching bag of the school for the bullies so he figured at some point, or his dad figured at some point he should be able to, you know, defend himself. He's also fairly proficient in history. Uh, Again, being in the military, he's always been really interested in the history of the Air Force and flying and airplanes and all that stuff. So he has spent a good amount of time on his own kind of researching and backstories and learning how, you know, where the Air Force came from, the history of flight, and how planes work and all that. He's pretty good at talking himself out of situations again moving around means he has to be able to blend in and kind of switch things up on the fly to be able to to match any situation he's in he also has some points in survival from his dad which apparently might come in handy if we're going to a camp he has fast fingers. And he can be sneaky when he needs to be. One thing that he always keeps close to him is um, his grandfather was a World War II vet who um, ended up winning a, a Purple Heart commendation for saving his platoon. Diego was always a little bit closer to his grandfather than he was his mom or his dad. His dad, for obvious reasons, and his mom, was always a little bit, you know, they've always been a little bit distant, especially with everything going on between them. So his grandfather was really kind of one major rock in his life up until he died.
1: All right, so let's jump into development phase. Uh, let's start off with Rosa. We want to start with the skills. Persuade. So you want to roll a D-100.
3: I succeeded on that one, so I don't get to... So uncheck that. I'm going on to spot hidden. I got extreme success on my spot hidden. So that sucks a lot. Okay, track. I failed on the track. D10, and I add one. Better than nothing. So uh, let's talk about sanity.
1: Well, why don't you tell me what you did to try to regain your sanity? What'd you do over that month?
3: I spent every moment I could with Ben purposefully trying to avoid like the woods and stuff. The goats have always been like before they betrayed me by deflating. Goat deflate, gay. You know what I probably did? I probably spent a lot of like time with them, almost extra time just because I wanted to make sure they were okay.
1: Maybe your folks helped out by getting you a brand new baby goat.
3: Yes. Her name is Daisy.
1: So go ahead and uh, give me a sanity roll. Extreme. So go ahead and roll D6. Ooh. So you regain uh, five sanity. And then we're going to recover some luck. And we want to get over the current luck. Now. That was under, so that does not occur. Pick one of your skills that would have made sense that you would have focused on for a month. Medicine. So you've read a lot of medicine books. Yeah. So you're good. So go ahead and roll D10. Six. So you gained six. So your medicine is currently seven. You bent forward and uh, delved into the books of medicine, biology, that sort of thing.
3: And I think I sort of retreated into facts and knowledge and stuff like that.
1: Ben, let's go ahead and take care of you. Uh, So you got electronics was something you did. So go ahead and roll that baby. You're trying to get over it. Oh, boo. Fighting brawls next. Come on, fighting brawl. I need you. Nope. Natural world.
2: Hey, I failed. All right, so you can roll d10. d100. Got it.
1: So you can increase your natural world to 41.
2: Watch out, natural world.
1: Persuade. Yeah, I failed. So d10? Five. Persuade increased from 10 to 15. And spot hidden is next. Nope. Stealth. Nope. Geez. Uh, science geology.
3: <sighs>
1: nope. Go ahead and make a sanity roll. Success. Just go ahead and increase that up to 40. Then you want to recover some luck. So go ahead and roll luck. And you want to get over. Oh, over? Let me roll again then. Nope. So you failed that. So no luck right there. And uh, go ahead and pick one of your skills that you focused on for that month.
2: Probably the fighting brawl. Because I felt so helpless when, um what's his name, was attacking me with no eyeballs.
1: Okay, go ahead and roll that. And you want to get over this. Yay! You did it. So go ahead and roll D10. Four. Fighting Raw is now 29. Diego, if you could tell me a good story about something that happened in San Francisco, then I'll let you choose five skills that you can check currently and then make rolls against.
0: There's a reason I hung around with Travis. Not the brightest bulb on the tree but he's interesting when you move around a lot from city to city town to town state to state sometimes you have to lean on the outcasts because nobody else really wants to deal with the new kid uh travis was tall really skinny like real thin lanky his arms and legs looked a little bit too long for his body like i said he liked to hang out behind the school behind the convenience store behind
3: the movie theater behind the bowling alley
0: anywhere he could get behind you know
3: I hate to inform you, but you were actually hanging out with Slender Man.
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it was? (laughs) And being the outcast he was, he was prone to uh, getting himself into some not-so-great situations, uh, including getting in trouble when he managed to secure some goods from a guy that he knew once. Figured he'd take them and, you know distribute them around school make a nice profit as such he knew he would need some security so he came to me and told me that if i you know hung around followed him around and made sure everything went straight he would give me uh he'd give me 20% of whatever he made and you know being a kid who needs money of course i said yes now, I didn't know what he was selling or why he needed security, but, I mean, nobody at the school knew me, so I could take advantage of that to kind of build build a bit of uh, reputation. So, first day comes and goes, and everything goes okay. He, you know, I stand there looking ominous, you know, a little scary, got my sunglasses with my arms crossed. Second day, business picks up a little bit. Third day, that's when the guys in the red pickup truck came. We were in the the back alley behind the bowling alley that day. They, you know, just kind of came and rolled down the alley real slow, looked at us and kept going. And we thought, oh, you know, maybe they're they're looking to buy. Not so much. Uh, They went down to the end of the alley, turned back around and uh, hopped out. And a couple of them were carrying baseball bats. Turns out that uh, we might have been distributing in their territory and they were not too happy about it. So they uh, had us backed up against the wall, threatening, swinging the bats at us, you know, just missing, hitting right next to us, trying to scare us, telling us that we had to give them everything we had and all of our money and they would, you know, be nice enough to let us live. However, what they didn't know is that uh, some of the self-defense training that I had taken from my dad uh, involved how to deal with uh, assailants that had like a blunt weapon. So I waited for them to, you know, get a little closer, make sure they thought we were good and scared, Waited until they got a little cocky about it. Notice there was one dude who was using his baseball bat, had it down on the ground and was kind of leaning on it a bit. And so the second that he was distracted, I swung my leg out real quick and got in behind his knee, which being locked out means he immediately crumbled forward, at which point I swiped up the bat and then picked it up and as dramatically as I could swung it towards the other guy and then stopped it right in front of his face. And at that point, I said, we're not going anywhere. we are giving you anything. And if you don't leave us alone right now, the next time I swing this thing, I ain't going to stop in front of your face. And him seeing that, you know, his friend was down on the ground, obviously in pain. He realized that maybe it wasn't wasn't the right time to be performing this transaction. He got in the truck and left, didn't take his friend with him. He's still on the ground. So, you know, Travis walked up, kicked some dirt at him, full Macho Man show, that's what you get. And then we uh, decided to stay away from the bowling alley for a while.
1: All right, excellent story. Um, I have checked five skills on your character sheet that I thought pertained to your story. So go ahead and start right off the bat. Uh, Roll for appraise. Ha ha! Go ahead and roll d10. That's a seven. Appraise advances to 12 points. Uh, Next up is going to be fast talk.
0: Another failure, which means another success. Another
1: failure, another d10. That's a four. Fast Talk is now 54. Fighting Brawl is next. Damn, you suck. Another d10. That's a three. Fighting Brawl goes to 48. Intimidate is next. Wow. That's an eight. That goes to 58. And then finally a psychology. Whoa. No go. Sorry to say. Suddenly an ominous rumbling resounds growing louder by the moment. You have flashbacks to recent tremors in your area and your eyes automatically go to the surrounding mountains, wondering if boulders will come crashing down soon. Gradually, however, you become aware that the noise is coming not from the hillside, but from the road at the end of the drive. As you watch, a rusty squat school bus shudders to a stop near the Garcia mailbox, its muffler barely hanging on with the aid of bent coat hangers, the tailpipes belching black smoke. The driver honks the horn in a a shave-and-a-haircut tune and then opens the hydraulic doors. Loud rock music pours out into the morning air. Everyone give me a listen roll.
0: I needed a 25, I rolled a 56. That's a failure.
3: Ugh, I also failed with a 72 over a 25.
1: I needed a 25, and rolled a 26. None of you recognize the song as playing. It's a little odd to you, but clearly the uh, bus is waiting for you.
3: You guys, I hope we, like, make it to camp, eyeing the muffler.
1: Yeah, let's, um, not
2: sit in the back. We're gonna choke to death halfway there.
3: I've seen worse.
2: And I've seen rain, so I don't want to get wet or die. So let's just get on the bus.
3: And I've seen someone die, so I don't want to do that. That sounds cool. Who'd you see die? A friend. No shit, huh?
2: I'm going to turn and walk to the bus a little upset.
1: Ben, as you approach the bus, the bus driver looks down at you. A uh, long, scraggly black hair, a baseball cap on, turned sideways. He has uh, dark circles under his eyes. Hey, kid, man. Come on in. Take a ride on the wild side. Drop my head and climb up the
3: steps. I'm right behind Ben.
1: All right, man. Welcome. Welcome, man. All right. Hey, fist bump, man. Fist bump. Oh, little dude. Little dude. Oh, shit. You're the
2: bus driver from The Simpsons, aren't you? Not exactly, no. I don't want to, you know, do any copyright
1: infringement or whatnot.
3: He's legally distinct.
1: His name is Botto. Guys, just take a seat anywhere, man. You know, you guys are the only riders, so.
3: Hey, got the whole place
1: to ourselves, huh? Heck yeah. Front, back, don't matter to me. Just take your seat so we can get out, man. We can each have our own seat, guys.
3: And take a seat across
1: from Ben.
2: Sprawl out. Get
1: comfy.
0: I'm going to go sit as far back as I can.
2: Right in the hole in the floor in the back where the muffler's spewing out. Where you can see the road through it. What's this song? I've never heard it before.
1: It's called Rain on My Windshield by the Ruby Ruthers. <laughs> he looks up at you in the rear mirror. But you know what? What? You're all doomed. Doomed to have a great time at Camp Mulholland. (laughs) And he shuts the door and roars away. The ride along the coastline is peaceful. The view on the right side of your bus overlooks the glittering azure ocean, while the mountains rear up on the left side. Your driver drums his hands on the steering wheel to the ever changing rock songs on the radio, occasionally singing along poorly but enthusiastically. After almost two hours, he veers northward, climbing into the hills. Surrounding forests grow thicker, darker, and soon the few homesteads become more spread out and push back from the winding road. Out here, Residents evidently value their privacy over neighborly ways. Everyone give me a spot hidden, please.
0: I needed a 50. I
1: rolled a 73. That's a failure.
3: I got a 47 over a 25. That was also a failure.
2: I needed a 45, I got an 83, so
1: I successfully failed. So you guys are more concerned with, I guess, chatting with each other. The poison coming out of the back of the bus. Yeah, maybe it's a little uh, bit of the exhaust kind of making you drowsy.
0: Yeah, I love the smell of carbon monoxide in the morning. Yeah, <sighs> as a
1: matter of fact, why don't you all make a con roll?
0: My brain tastes like burning. <laughs> uh, I needed 60, I rolled a 44, that's a success.
3: I got a 55 over a 50.
2: I needed a 60 and I rolled a 77.
1: Shortly after they make the turn off the major route from the coastline and head inland, Rosa and Ben become a little drowsy. The monotony of the forestry and the unchanging environment just presses it on you and
3: oh shit ben we're not gonna wake up
1: so they fall asleep diego and you are left hoping to spot something of interest out the window but it's just tree after tree occasionally you'll see a mailbox but it'll go by in a flash and you don't even get a glimpse of the overgrown driveways that you're passing that are becoming less and less frequent hello
2: darkness my old friend
1: but finally just as you're starting to get hungry for lunch The bus slows to a crawl, then turns into a patch of matted grass that reveals itself as a narrow dirt drive. As the vehicle leaves the rural road, you catch a glimpse of a ramshackle wooden sign with carved letters that were once painted red but now have mostly faded. It reads, Mulholland. But only the H and the next two L's have retained any of the original color. Then the bus is bouncing roughly on the rocky track so hard you have to hold on with both hands to the seat in front of you. And Ben and Rosa, you are awoken, roughly. Essentially, cling for your life, so everybody
3: roll decks. I needed an 80. I rolled a 52. That's a success. I got a 6 under 50. That's extreme. I need
1: an 80. I rolled an 82. (laughs) Rosa and Diego both see Ben just jostle his small frame, bounce out of the seat. He's like attempting to grab his backpack. It goes hurling in the air. He falls to the ground in the middle of the aisle and gets his clothes completely filthy. Since uh, Rosa rolled extreme, however, I'll let you roll another dex to grab his backpack before it falls to the ground.
3: You yeah, know, I got an 80 over 50. That's a fail.
1: And uh, as it lands, you hear a strange crunching sound from within
3: it was a
0: really nice bottle of sauvignon blanc
1: but thankfully rosa is able to help you to your feet and you get up just seeing that you you're fine physically but you just you're quite dirty you manage to retake your seat grab your backpack but after almost 30 minutes of teeth rattling swerves and skids up the muddy incline the vehicle reaches a merciful plateau and it is like the calm after the storm as you roll into the clearing Where the sun shines down upon a wide swath of flattened earth, upon which has been built redwood cabins surrounded by well tended patches of wildflowers blooming in vibrant hues of ivory, scarlet, and indigo. Picnic tables have been strategically placed all around the camp to take advantage of natural shade. A volleyball court has been constructed to one side where a lively game is ongoing. Young teens jumping and shouting with friendly competition in the summer breeze.
2: Suspended in midair.
1: High five.
0: So which one of them is going to get killed first?
1: An archery range is located in another part of camp, well away from other activities. Beyond the main living area, a hundred yards away, is a series of railroad tie steps leading down to a dock that overlooks a placid pond where kayakers are being instructed by a man in a light brown uniform and matching hat. Hmm. As the bus belches and spasms to a dead stop with a disturbing ch-ch-ch-ha-ha-ha sound, the man stands up and raises a hand in greeting. Ugh, that's old man Lem, the driver says as he opens the inward sliding doors. You're all his children now. ha! <laughs> And he shakes his head and prepares to help you with your gear.
3: Cool, dude. Thanks. Here
1: you go, little lady. This is your suitcase from... uh... Oh, what do you got here? Is this bricks? Bricks of cocaine?
3: Is there cocaine in here? No.
1: I'm kidding, man. I'm just kidding. Here you go. I'm just going to
3: grab it as fast as I can and be like, go.
1: (laughs) Here you go, little dude. Oh. Dude, your clothes are all dirty. I'm sorry, man. He brushes you off. You okay? I know it was a little rough back there. Yeah, thanks for the ride. Nice driving. Here you go. Here's your suitcase, man. Hey, I put some reading material in there for you, if you know what I mean. Where's my heroin? Oh, good one. Good one. Yeah, I'm kidding about the porno. Oh, and here you go, little dude. Uh, Oh, man. Why so serious?
0: Because there's a dead body in that bag. Oh, shit. I thought it was
1: only bombs. But here you go. Good luck with that, man.
0: If the bombs are in the, in the other bag, this one is the dead body.
1: Oh, yeah. Got it. Oh, I like you, kid, man. You, you roll with the punches, you know? All right. Well, you kids have a great time at camp. Oh, here comes Councilor Lim. Good luck.
0: If you need a hand fixing the bus, I got two of them.
1: I don't know. How many fingers you got in that? They look a little iffy. All right. Have fun, dudes. And he rolls away. And the, uh, camp counselor approaches you guys. How are you doing? (coughs) Sorry. Frog in my throat there. Uh, I'm Lemworth. Lem. You can call me Lem. Counselor Lem. Hi, sir. Hi. Good to meet you. Good to, what's your name?
2: Uh, my name's Ben, sir.
1: Ben McKnight. Yeah, I got you right here on my list. That's good. And you, little
3: lady? I'm Rosa Garcia.
1: You're the only Rosa we got, so makes it kind of easy. We have like 16 Ben, so that's kind of a nightmare. <laughs> but, anyways. Uh, and you, sir?
3: What's it to you?
1: What's it to you? Nope, that's not on the list.
0: Oh, man. Guess you're just going to have to send me back. It's, you know, it's fine. I know where the bus is.
1: Uh, I'm just kidding, kids, because you're the last of the bunch. So, you You have to be Diego Garcia. I mean, not Garcia. Kennedy is what we're told. Great. Well, welcome to Camp Mulholland. Where do we put our bags? We'll get to that in just a minute. Let me see. Uh, Where's Harcourt? Uh, Why doesn't everybody give me a spot hidden?
0: I needed a 50. I rolled a 94. That's a failure.
3: I failed with a 90 over 25. And I succeeded
2: with 35 over 45. Under. Over. Roger.
1: Diego and Rosa both look around a little nervously at the perimeter of the camp. I'm planning my escape. You're very distraught to see your old arch nemesis, Poison Ivy.
3: Ooh, Poison Ivy's hot though.
1: Poison Ivy is all around the perimeter of the camp, as you and I know, Diego. You are deathly allergic. You blow up like a balloon. That's called nature's fence. And because of your survival skills, you're pretty good at usually avoiding it, but it's quite heavy here. Ben, the first thing you notice is there are no other vehicles at this camp. It's peculiar.
3: Do I notice what the kids are doing?
1: You actually see down towards the docks, there is apparently some swimming lessons going on. And it looks like they might be simulating some sort of rescue technique because there's uh, one... Young lady in a canoe, and then someone jumps out of the water and grabs her, almost like it's slow motion, drags her down. You guys are so far away that you don't even hear like what's going on, but you you notice this in tableau, this uh, action going on. So you can only assume that they're doing some sort of like uh, simulated rescue, and there are a bunch of other kids uh, standing around. And
3: all I can hear is her screaming, "We need a bigger boat."
1: Well, at least they're swimming here and kayaking and, and canoeing, and it seems pretty cool
3: maybe it'll be fun.
1: Lem turns back and says, oh, I, f- I found him. Uh, Harcourt is, is coming around her. And uh, you see this gangly kid who is probably about your age, looks like he's skin and bone, not an ounce of muscle on them. Long, dirty blonde hair, wearing a bright yellow Camp Mulholland t-shirt, very skinny shorts, tennis shoes that look pretty raggedy. They come up, Hey, guys, welcome to Camp Paul Holland. Uh, you guys like movies? <laughs> you like movies? Yeah, yeah, I like movies. Like scary movies, though? Like scary? You like scary movies? I kind of. I kind of like scary movies. Oh, sort of. There's so many good, good ones right now. I It's like everything. and Lem goes, Harcourt, just show the kids around, okay? Okay, counselor Lem. Yeah, guys, follow me. And he starts walking away. And Lem turns away from you.
2: I'm going to quickly catch up and
1: go, sorry, what was your name? I'm Harcourt. Harcourt. Okay.
0: Hardcore. parkour.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's all the kids say. It's cool too. It's a, they don't really appreciate it, but you know, they'll get theirs. <laughs>
0: if like you can't take it, don't dish it out, you know? Speaking of which, what's for
1: lunch? Well, lunch is in one hour and I think it might be corn. I'm not a big fan. Corn doesn't agree with me. It kind of comes out real quick. Doesn't really stay in place. Do the kids have to gather the corn or? No, there's no children of the, of the corn. Oh, okay. Come on. I'll show you uh, where you guys are going to sleep. You know, we've got um, only the one bunkhouse. There's no like guys and girls. We're all just sort of in the same spot. I hope that's cool with you guys. Yeah, I'm okay. okay. And he leads you towards one of the very large redwood log cabins and opens up the door and lets you pass through and ushers you into, looks like to be a very clean and a very military style series of bunks. There are 30 beds, all of which have a locker at the foot for obviously personal items. Other than that, there are two bathrooms, which have showers and uh, dressing areas. There are no labels on the bathrooms or the showers. And Harcourt
0: explains uh,
1: Yeah, we just kind of, you know, some of us go that way and some of us go the other way. It's sort of like an honor system.
0: Like those hippies my dad always tells me about. When does the
1: bus come back? Yeah, Todd's going to be back. I think it's Saturday. Today's Monday. Yeah, Saturday he'll be back. And he usually brings all this stuff. Food and comic books. And sometimes he can get like some 8 millimeter movies. And we saw Psycho uh, last week. That was cool. This is going to be fun camp. I think so, yeah. But we got everything that you want and ghost stories every night. Nice.
3: How long have you been here?
1: Oh, uh, we all came uh just over the weekend, so a couple days. Do you like it here? It's pretty cool. They only keep people here that are like within a couple years of each other. So, you know, we don't have any like little brats running around. Yeah. What adult runs this camp? Counselor Tammy. Lemon Tammy, they're like really old. They're like
0: 40 years old. <laughs> wow. Wow. They're like dinosaurs. I mean, they're practically dead if you ask me. How can they walk, right? Were they around before or after they invented dirt?
1: Oh yeah, they're almost dirt. I mean, you look at Lemon, like his breath smells like dead things.
0: Like the grave. Honestly, as he was standing there talking, I was kind of afraid he was just gonna, you know, fall over and...
1: like that movie, uh Frankenstein and the monster from hell. He's like the monster from hell.
3: Did you know that Frankenstein is the doctor?
1: What? Yeah. Oh my God, you are so right. Have you ever seen The Satanic Rites of Dracula?
3: No, but, I, but I've read a lot of books.
1: Christopher Lee is so cool in that. Well, maybe if we get a chance. You know, I see movies all the time down in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. I've been talking all this time. What? What's your name? My name is Rosa. Nice to meet you, Rosa. I'm Harcourt. And, and you are? I, I'm Ben. Ben, nice to meet you. Shakes your hand. And you are?
0: Diego, what's it to you?
1: A lot, because we're all going to be friends, I assume, and I'm hoping. Uh, yeah, so where are you guys from? Are you all from the same place?
3: Ben and I are from Las Cruces.
1: New Mexico? That's a long ways.
3: California, just up the coast.
1: Okay, yeah, it's up towards Santa Barbara. Yeah, I, I know where it is. I'm not great on maps and stuff, but yeah. is it cool, though?
3: Yeah, it's uh, there's mountains, and uh, it's by the ocean.
1: We're a little ways from the ocean here, but at least we got... The Lake here, the lake's kind of nice, and there's a little bit of seaweed, though. I gotta warn you, there's seaweed in a lake. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, they must have transplanted it. Yeah, they probably imported it. It's Italian seaweed. It's artisanal seaweed. (laughs) I just need to let you guys know that breakfast is at 7 a.m. Then we break up and do things like boating and survival skills and macrame, which is pretty cool. Sounds weird, but it's pretty cool. Um, Then we get lunch at around 1. Uh, Then after that, we get some, like, what they call... Free exploration and playtime stuff whatever we can just do whatever we want then uh dinners at six
3: Harcourt are there any animals around here? Do you guys have any like animals you could take care of? and
1: no 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 there's like bears they warn us about the bears. I've seen a possum. I saw three raccoons. there's a big carp in the lake. I saw him at least twice there's a weird oil slick when I was on the raft I saw it. I don't know what it is, like algae or something moving around the lake. It creeped me out so I don't swim towards that part of the lake. And, you know, like I I saw a caterpillar. I ate a bug, a beetle of some sort. (laughs) Does that count?
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: Then we have a a bonfire at dusk, uh, usually, sometimes, as long as it's not raining or whatnot. And then there's lights out at 10. But on the weekends, we can go on field trips. And this weekend they said that we're going to, um, maybe go to uh, the islands off the coast. Uh let them know with some guy with a boat and we might get to spend the night out there. Does
0: that sound cool Ooh, or what? that'd, that'd be fun. fun.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Go ahead and pick a bunk you want and uh put stash your stuff and uh and we'll head out.
3: Are they bunks like up down bugs? Uh they are singles. Oh, okay.
2: Rosa, let's get bunks near each other, okay? Okay. That's just a little weird.
3: We can plot Our um, escape from this this hellhole, Mulhelland. I'm not listening to anything you're saying. Um, Diego,
2: we got to get out of here. This is weird. I'm going to push him. You guys run.
3: We should take him out on the lake and then throw him into the algae and run.
2: Right? The oil slick. I
0: like it.
3: I wonder if we would do it for a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you got a
0: dollar?
1: All right, so you guys quickly stash your stuff and then meet back with Harcourt, who is just uh, standing over in one corner. He has a little pocket knife that he's cleaning the dirt underneath his
0: fingernails. Hey, nice blade.
1: It's Swiss Army. It's from, I think, Switzerland. <laughs>
0: You know, my dad gave me a, a really nice piece like that once. I'm
2: going to reach in my pocket and pull out my Swiss Army knife and say, I got one
3: too. Look at that. Oh, yours
0: has a spoon. Oh my God. That's so amazing.
3: Yeah, for gouging out go to ice.
2: W- what? Ice. She said to gouge out the ice so you can get it for your drinks. Okay.
1: Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Rosa. Guys, uh, I know uh, lunch isn't for uh, a little bit yet, but um, I got a stash of uh, Ho-Ho's. I keep under a log.
3: That sounds really great. I'm really hungry.
1: Come on, follow me. I'll show you my secret stash. Thank you. And he uh, scampers away towards the rear of the uh, cabin and uh, into the little patch of woods. You see a little well-trodden path that goes around a dead tree stump up the hill.
2: Well hidden. Big flag.
3: (laughs) As we're walking, I'm going to give Ben a look. Kill him? Won't be the first time. I can I
0: can take care of that for
3: you. I have some firecrackers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not too far into the woods, like maybe 150 feet. Diego is being very careful to stay exactly on the path because he's pretty sure those weird leaves are poison ivy. Thankfully, he wore his long pants today and his brown pants. <laughs> So you guys uh, meet Harcourt, who is rolling over a dead hollow log, and beneath you see a box that is made of iron. It looks like some sort of weird storage box. Actually, it's a bread tin. Wonder, it says on the side. He cracks it open and says, catch, and throws out ho to each of you. Nice.
2: Nice. Thanks. And this is back when they were made with shortening and real sugar. Not that
1: high fructose
3: shit. These are from the 1700s. <laughs>
1: ben begins to take a bite, teeth embedded into the pure sugar of the icing. When all of you hear a high-pitched scream <laughs> from deeper in the woods, oh, not too far away, just from behind a copse of trees
3: is is going to immediately take a defensive stance, ready to run. I'm going to, Diego's going
0: to start walking towards the screen. Harcourt, what was that? Sounded like
1: Brigitte. And he immediately takes off after Diego outpacing him, arms flailing.
0: And then after seeing him outpacing me, I'm going to take a second and then start sprinting even faster for the sole purpose of getting back out in front of him, because there's no way this dude is going to get one ahead of me.
2: And I'm going to beat them both by power walking. I'm
0: going to jazzercise out. Where'd the neon joggers come from?
1: Diego and Harcourt come upon the scene at the exact same time, with Ben not too far away and Rosa coming up from behind there. And just beyond the copse of trees is a young woman on the ground about your age, beautiful red hair, bright green eyes, light freckles on her nose, a look of horror on her face as a hulking dark figure leers down at her. In his hands is a whip which he cracks above her head, except the whip appears to be alive. Yes, daddy. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. Ooh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited.
3: Yay!
1: now it's time for some hashtag recommend us where we share some of our geeky obsessions all right start us off lupine
3: i got a new game untitled goose game i'm just having a lot of fun with it i love running around and fucking shit up the only way it could be better is if i was a possum so i got to the part slight spoilers there's a boy and if you honk at him he like jumps and screams and like runs away from you that might be like my favorite thing ever <laughs> Untitled Goose Game.
1: It's good. Thank you for that. We'll check that out. Brian, you're up next.
2: I'm going to recommend a very recent movie that came out in 1987, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. John Candy and Steve Martin movie, and Steve Martin works in New York City, and he is trying to get home for Thanksgiving. And he wants to get home to Chicago to spend it with his wife and the rest of his extended family. And nothing but horror happens to this poor man the entire trip. It's not just a slapstick movie. It actually has heart and it has feeling. Tons of cameos from very famous actors. The first one that you'll notice at the beginning is Kevin Bacon. If you haven't ever seen it, it is definitely worth a watch. If you have seen it, go back and watch it again. It still holds up, uh, minus the smoking on planes and in cars and pay phones, no cell phones. Other than that, planes, trains, and automobiles. Cool.
1: Yeah, that's a great movie, Brian. Uh, I'm up next, guys, and I'm going to recommend tonight a video game as well. From 2017, a game called Get Even. It's a cross between a stealth FPS like Splinter Cell and psychological horror games like Fatal Frame or Layers of Fear. Plot is twisty turny filled with surprising revelations. Unfortunately, I can't give away too much of the plot here because it's... That's part of the pleasure. I can say that I picked it up for under 5 bucks during the Steam summer sale. It's a hell of a bargain at that price. Uh, I think it was like 85% off. The subject matter is disturbing, meant for mature audiences, and well plotted. It's also GeForce now compatible, which is what I use. So you get great visuals and performance without downloading or installing. It is called Get Even. Check it out. Matt, you're up.
0: Well, tonight, no surprise, is also a video game. Diablo 4, the latest installment in the action RPG series. I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. It follows the standard action RPG format. You pick a character, you pick a class, and that class determines your playstyle through skills and abilities and the types of weapons you can use. Uh, you go around, you know, completing quests and killing monsters and leveling up to get better loot so that you can do more damage, so that you can kill more monsters, so that you can level up some more, so you can get some better. Are loot. Unlike the previous Diablo 3, this one they've gone back to that much darker, much more serious tone, which serves it well. It is a excellently done story. The cutscenes are fantastic and probably some of the best looking cutscenes I think I've ever seen in a game. There are a variety of character classes to pick from, which means you can play the game over and over again and have a different experience each time. It is totally playable solo, but it does have up to four player co-op. So it's always a good time when you grab a friend and you, uh, you know, go around smashing skeletons and ghosts and werewolves and all these monsters together. Um, There's a bunch of stuff to do this time around. It is a fully realized open world where you can just kind of wander around wherever you want to go, including into areas that you're not supposed to go because everything is like 20 levels higher than you. They're not like, hey, you shouldn't do that. They let you wander in and figure out for yourself that you are way out of your league, which is kind of nice to see uh, in a world where a lot of games are very hand-holdy nowadays. It's kind of cool to to run that risk putting yourself somewhere you shouldn't be. There's a lot of really great systems in there. The loot's a lot of fun to collect. I'm a big fan of numbers go up kind of games. So this scratches that itch for me. Honestly, to me, a really easy, almost zen kind of game, because once you get into that loop of how you play and the skills you use and the timing, it's it's really just to sit back and kind of run your run your skills and you, you know, smash things and you're blowing things up. It's a lot of fun. I'm really happy with how it turned out. I've been looking forward to this game for a long time and I'm happy they did not screw it up. Diablo 4.
1: All right, guys. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, visit lovecrafttapes.com for up-to-date information about our podcast and subscribe to our live streams at twitch.tv slash lovecrafttapes or youtube.com slash lovecrafttapes. You can chat with me in real time at discord.lovecrafttapes.com.
0: You know, if anybody wants to talk about some things, uh, you can hit me up on Mastodon at the real weird kid.
3: I will be setting things on fire at my Linktree. So if you have any suggestions, Linktree slash linktree.com. If you
2: guys want to reach out to me, I will send you my address. And you guys can send me some calamine lotion because Diego's going to need it. Until next time, roll four ho-hos. An initial crunch.
3: Mmm. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2023. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.